We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA championship. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram, threads, Facebook at Trevor Lane NBA solo show today. Just me, but we've got plenty of things to talk about. Lots that I want to dive into on today's show. Before I get into the thick of it, quick note, please make sure you are subscribing over on the YouTube channel. In fact, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, do me a favor, hit that like button and check out our memberships as well. I'm offering a number of perks that I think are pretty cool. So if you wouldn't mind, hit that join button or you can use the link in the description below to check out our membership plan. Did just actually drop a couple of new emojis including one poking a little fun at Sean's Wi-Fi. Um, you can check those out. Those are special for our members, in addition to a bunch of other perks that are, I think, even cooler. But nonetheless, check that out, the membership thing on YouTube. It is, uh, it's going great so far. Very excited, and it's uh, we've had a, a great turnout response. So if you haven't done so already, check it out. Uh, over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, great way to help out the show is to give us a five-star rating and review over there. All right. So to kick things off, I want to get into a couple of news items here. Some of you may have kind of already heard some of this stuff, but I'm going to get through it pretty quick because these are the biggest stories heading into, uh, well, what's going to be the final preseason game coming up on Thursday against the Phoenix Suns. So let's start here with Jared Vanderbilt, his health. We don't know what's going to happen here. It sounded for a few days there, it was sounding like Jared Vanderbilt, you know, this isn't a concern. It's a heel issue that he's dealing with. And Darvin Ham didn't seem worried at all about him playing opening night against the Denver Nuggets. Now suddenly it's, we'll see where things stand. He's already been been declared out for Thursday's game. Not officially, but Darvin Ham has said he's not getting reevaluated until Friday. So that tells us Vando is out for Thursday's game against the Phoenix Suns, which means he will have appeared in just one preseason game. That's the first game for the Lakers. And that's it. He'll be out on Thursday, and then uh, he gets reevaluated on Friday to see if he's able to, to participate in the game coming up on the 24th against the Denver Nuggets. So suddenly the season opener very much in jeopardy for Jared Vanderbilt. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he is good to go for that one. With Vando being out, I think that also solidifies the starting lineup. Look, I will be shocked. Uh, Darvin Ham said Thursday's game against the Suns, he's going to run a regular season rotation for three quarters. I will be shocked if the starting lineup at this point is not 
D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Torian Prince, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Prince has done an excellent job in preseason aside from game one, and given Vanderbilt's injuries and the way the Lakers have been using Rui Hachimura as a sixth-man scorer, I think the writing is on the wall for Torian Prince to have earned the fifth starter role with the Lakers, which does beg the question, what does that mean for Jared Vanderbilt when he comes back? What's the Lakers rotation going to look like? How is he going to, when he does get healthy, and hopefully he's good to go for opening night, but whenever he comes back, what does that look like? What does that bench rotation look like? How does he get into the mix? Because Jackson Hayes, I think, is deserving of minutes. Christian Wood, of course, is going to get minutes as well. Rui Hachimura is going to be in there. How does Vando fit in with the three of them? That's going to be something that'll be really interesting to see how Darvin Ham mixes and matches that now that Jackson Hayes has had a good preseason. It seems like he has earned minutes during the regular season. We'll see exactly how that all breaks down. The Lakers did make a move, an official move. They cut three players, cut Scottie Pippen Jr., Vincent Valerio Badon, and Damian Ba. So all three players cut. This is not a surprise. I had people responding on social media saying, what are they doing? Scotty Pippen Jr. wasn't bad. Where's he going to go? He's going to get picked up by another team. They're going to the South Bay Lakers. They Don't panic. These guys are going to the South Bay Lakers. These are guys who are on Exhibit 10 contracts, which actually gives them financial incentive to go to the South Bay Lakers and stay there for a period of time. Exhibit 10 contracts, uh, just like I said, they give a little bit of extra money. The idea is to incentivize players to stay in a team system and stay in the United States rather than go play overseas somewhere. It gives them a little bit more money to make a, a more competitive offer in the G League as they would get overseas. So that's the idea behind these, these contracts. And whenever players sign these, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's a clear path to the G League. Teams are signing players to these Exhibit 10 deals not to keep them. It, it can happen where a player can play their way off of an Exhibit 10 and earn a roster spot, a full roster spot, but it's very rare. Typically, when players sign this, they know that they are very unlikely to make the full regular season roster and the path to the G League for them is already cleared. So the Lakers have to cut their roster down just like a lot of teams do. You're going to be seeing a lot of teams making these kinds of moves. They have to get their roster down to at most 15 regular roster spots, spots plus three two-way spots. The Lakers will carry 14 regular roster spots uh, filled plus the three two-way players. And uh, it, so this is no surprise at all. This is just this this is something that they had to do in order to get into roster compliance, and so they decided to do it right now. Which means that we won't see Scottie Pippen Jr. playing on Thursday against the Phoenix Suns after all. So it will be interesting to see what the fourth quarter looks like, given that the Lakers are only going to run their regular rotation for the first three quarters. Now that. Uh, these players are not available. But uh, again, mostly just procedural stuff here that had to happen, but the Lakers do cut those three guys. All right, mainly what I want to talk about on this show, um, I'm feeling really good about this team. I'm feeling really good about where the Lakers are at. I'm feeling good about what we're seeing in uh, so far in preseason. I'm really enjoying watching this team. And what I wanted to do was spend a little bit of time going over what my favorite parts of preseason have been, what I think have been the biggest positives. Now, that doesn't mean that everything is sunshine and rainbows and everything's good and grand and, and all of that. There's certainly issues. There's certainly things that we can break down. But I feel like being positive. Let's focus on the good things so far for the Lakers because I really think there is a lot to be excited about with this team. So without further ado, 
Let me dive into it. I started out, I guess this is really a sign here. I started out trying to make a list of my five favorite things, make a top five list. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I cut cut it and cut it and cut it. I couldn't cut it below six. And I think that's a great sign that I sat down with a top five list in my mind and I could not limit it to five. I couldn't have done this this last season. That's for sure. The fact that there's that many things going well for the Lakers right now. So uh, let's dive into it. Uh, In preseason, one of my favorite things that we're seeing right now, and we talked about it heading into preseason, that we look at the process over the result. You don't worry too much about the final score and all of that. And that's all true. So when you look at the Lakers record of preseason, you say they're, they're what, two and three? And you go, oh, well, that's a little concerning. No, it's not. If you watch the games, actually what's happening is they're winning. <laughs> when when the rotation players are out there, they're winning. Where they're losing is when the South Bay Lakers come on. And if, if you've been following along on preseason as well, you've seen a number of teams have been playing like legit NBA players in the fourth quarter when the Lakers have the South Bay Lakers out there, when they've got the guys who are going to be in the G League out there. Uh, other teams are mixing in regular like rotation level guys into that mix and so the lakers aren't doing a great job keeping up and maybe they shouldn't be expected to do that but um so the lakers where they're losing these games it's when the like deep deep benches are in otherwise so far and i don't have the exact number of how many minutes they've been winning but but so far the way these games have been unfolding is that the lakers regular rotation guys do a great job uh, they're largely winning compared to who they're playing against. And then once it t- comes time for the subs to come in, then things fall apart. You look at the most recent game against the Milwaukee Bucks as a great example. The Lakers were down three at halftime. This is the Bucks team that was missing just Chris Middleton. The Lakers, meanwhile, are missing LeBron. They're missing Austin Reeves. They're missing Gabe Vincent. They're missing Jared Vanderbilt, right? They're missing four, at least J- Jalen Huchifino was also out, but they're missing four key rotation guys, two of your top three players in Reeves and LeBron James, and then the third, of course, being Anthony Davis, missing two of your top three guys, four guys who are key big-minute rotation guys. That's what you're missing. The Bucs are missing Chris Middleton, and the Lakers are within three of a team that's supposed to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Now, again, it's preseason. We can't say everybody is going all out, giving 100% effort in preseason, because they're certainly not. They're not. But nonetheless, I think we've seen some really good signs from this team with how they were able to hold their own against when it's the Lakers starters, when it's the Lakers, say, top 10 players that are on the floor, and it's the opponent's top 10 players, the Lakers are getting the better of them more often than not. So that is a good sign. Again, preseason, the energy level, the dedication, the the want to is not at a super high degree. So we have to keep that in mind. But I think it is a good sign that so far this Lakers team has looked pretty good when it's been the Lakers' main guys that are going to see minutes in the regular season going up against opponents, guys, who are going to see minutes in the regular season. Uh, to that effect, team chemistry, I thought, has been been fantastic. And, you know, there have been a lot of people who have been trying to make the connection between this current Lakers team and the 2019-2020 team, which, of course, we will remember forever because they won a championship and they were a really fun group. And in a way, you kind of get this vibe from from this team. You kind of get that same vibe. Now, that doesn't mean this team's going to win a championship, 
think they could. Doesn't mean they're going to, but this team, you get the sense that they enjoy playing basketball with each other and they enjoy being around each other. Right now, that's the sense. Now, maybe that'll change in the dog days of January and February and all that. That's possible, right? It's a long season. But for right now, this team seems to thoroughly enjoy being around each other. And that's not always the case. That's not always the, the vibe that you get from a team. This team seems like they really like each other. The team chemistry, it's good. You don't see a lot of selfishness taking place. Are there some guys who maybe take a, a shot or two that they shouldn't? Sure. But you don't get a sense that there's guys out there gunning for their own stats, that there's guys out there who don't want to move the ball, that there's guys out there who weren't fully buying in on defense. Again, it's very early. It's very early, but so far, the chemistry of this team, the way they interact with each other, is different than what we saw last season. Not saying last season was the worst or anything, but it's a different level. It's a different level, and I think that's a great sign. I think that's a great sign that this team feels like everybody is on the same page. We need to talk about Dila, though. This is, this is probably my favorite thing of, of everything that's been going on in preseason right now. D'Angelo Russell, the way he's been playing, this is probably my favorite thing that we're seeing right now in preseason. D'Angelo Russell has, you know, I wasn't sure what this was going to look like. He's got a two-year contract with the Lakers, and there's a player option after, after the first year. So next summer, he can be a free agent again. And I was, when the deal got done, it stood out. It stood out that D'Lo got a two-year deal. Rui, Vando, Austin, these guys are getting four-year deals. It, on the surface, it would appear the team is committed more to those guys than to D'Lo. Um, when you look at D'Lo's age, it would make sense. It would make sense for him to say, I'd prefer just a two-year deal because he can hit free agency again when he's 29 and get a big long-term deal. If he has a four-year contract, he's hitting free agency at 31. Is that as likely that he's going to get a big, a big long-term deal at 31? No. So maybe getting back to free agency a little bit earlier is more advantageous for D'Angelo Russell than it is like a 25-year-old guy like Austin Reeves um, or you know 25-year-old Rui Hachimura, something like that, Jared Vanderbilt, 24. So maybe just in terms of the, the age, it makes more sense for D'Angelo Russell to want a, a two-year deal. So I'm not saying the Lakers somehow um, gave D'Angelo Russell a, a bad contract or something like that or not committed to him, but it's worth noting that they negotiated out the no-trade clause that would have been inherent in D'Angelo Russell's contract because the NBA would have looked at the deal as a one-year contract, but under the new CBA, you could negotiate that out, and the Lakers did. So all of that kind of hanging over the D'Angelo Russell signing, him only getting a two-year deal, again, maybe that was his choice, but also the Lakers negotiating out his no-trade clause made me wonder what what kind of D'Angelo Russell were we going to see this year? How is he going to come into the season? What was kind of the, the mood going to be? And he's been fantastic. He has been, I'm so happy to say, he has been, and not just on the court, not just talking, on the court, he's been great. No question. His, his shooting is at insane levels that I know aren't sustainable, but it's still great to see him playing with so much confidence. And then the defense that he's been showing, he's he's bought in defensively. He's doing things defensively that we haven't seen him do in the past. In fact, I was you know watching the Bucs game, and he's making some plays, and I, I stopped and I thought, you know what? 
I think right now we're watching the best D'Angelo Russell we've ever seen. This is the best version of D'Lo we have seen. Now, it's just preseason. And again, uh, we have to always take that with a grain of salt. But the, what we're seeing him do on both ends of the floor right now, this is the best basketball I've ever seen him play. And I hope this is a sign of things to come because he has been fantastic. But it's not just that. It's not just the on-court stuff. It's the off-court stuff. You look at the bond that he's formed with Austin Reeves. You look at the, the relationship there. I mean, they're going golfing together all the time, right? Like that's D'Lo and Austin. That, that's a thing. Um, you look at the way that he is relating to his teammates. You look at the things that he's saying, the comments that he's making. He's so introspective now. He's so self-aware right now. He's making comments about his own limitations, his own shortcomings. And that's not always easy for these guys that are superstar athletes that have spent the bulk of their lives being the best player on every team they've ever been on. And everybody wants them on their team, right? Like you're, yeah, hell you go play at recess and you're the first pick every single time. That's, that's the reality for a lot of these guys that are, that are in the NBA, right? Not every single guy, but a lot of them, a lot of them have been the best player on their team for their entire life. And so having to admit fault and shortcomings and things like that's not always easy. That's not always easy. And D'Angelo Russell, I think, was has been so self-aware in the comments that he's made, talking about how he doesn't want to be a liability on defense, recognizing the way Denver targeted him in the playoffs, saying they played me off the floor. Again, not easy things to admit. And talking about how he's been focused in on the defensive side of the ball and trying to make sure that doesn't happen again and, and recognizing his own faults in this area while also understanding the limitations of his own body, just his own, his own makeup, right? He knows he's not a fast player. He said it. He knows that he's got, there's a, if he trains and trains and trains and trains and trains and builds up as much speed as he possibly can, he will never be as fast as John Morant. He will never be as fast as De'Aaron Fox. He's just not built that way. He's not. And he understands that. And so he's got to use what it is that he's got. And so he's recognizing his own limitations, not saying that he is not training. He certainly is. If you've seen this guy, he is shredded. He's training, but he's also working on being the best defensive player he can be while accounting for the limitations that he has. He's not super quick. And so what have we seen him doing more in preseason? We've seen him being a little bit more aware. We've seen him putting himself in the right places. He's been using that 6'10 wingspan that he's got. He's averaging almost a block per game right now in preseason. Now, again, D'Angelo Russell has a lot riding on this season. He has the ability to be a free agent next summer. He has a player option. Um, so part of this could be, hey, he's got plenty of motivation to have a killer season this year and then cash in this next summer. Uh, part of it, too, could be he understands the Lakers could trade him and his contract is a very attractive trade ship. And so if he really wants to stay in L.A. and he really wants to call L.A. home, you know, he talked about this when he arrived with the Lakers, that he's kind of yet to have a team really commit to him and have a place to really say this is home. If he wants that in L.A., he's got to make sure the Lakers aren't that interested in trading him. So that's the other side of this. But 
through everything that's happened, you think about how bad this series was against the Denver Nuggets, how rough that was for D'Lo. I could not have scripted the way preseason has played out any better. Any better. I mean, from the things he's doing on the floor, the things he's saying off the floor, the way he's interacting with teammates, his body language, everything, everything has gone as well as we could have possibly hoped. It's very clear. He has shaken off what happened to him in the Western Conference Finals, and I sure hope. My number one, of course, is that the Lakers win on opening night and ruin ring night for those Denver Nuggets. But my second wish, my second hope, is that D'Lo has a fantastic performance because it would be great to see him bounce back against that team that, um, frankly, looked like they made him question himself looked like he lacked a little bit of confidence in that series so far what we've seen in preseason he's back and then some and that's something to be really excited about all right next thing anthony davis taking and making three-point shots i didn't know if we would see this again anthony davis at one point in the 2019-2020 season was shooting 33% from three, and it was shooting three and a half attempts per game. Now, that's not crazy Steph Curry volume, but that's enough to make defenses care when you're out there. Since then, that number has declined every year, and his percentages have not been good. Uh, last season, it was 26% from three. Season before that, it was like 19%. He's not shot the ball well, and he's been taking less and less attempts. Even with coaches asking him to shoot more, Frank Vogel asked him to shoot more threes. He didn't do it. Didn't happen. Now, suddenly, look, Austin Reeves was talking about how he thought Anthony Davis's jumper in LeBron's minicamp looked really good. We had that story a few weeks ago. And so far in preseason, indeed, the jumper has looked good. In preseason, now remember, he's not playing a full complement of minutes. This is in 17 minutes per game. So this is about half of what he's going to play in a normal game. He's averaging two and a half three-point attempts per game and shooting 50% from three in four preseason games. Now, once again, just like with D'Angelo Russell, 50% from three, that's not sustainable. If it is, Anthony Davis is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. I would love it. <laughs> that would be that would be great, but that's not realistic. But two and a half attempts from three per game in about half of the minutes that he's going to see in the regular season? Now, I don't think he's really going to shoot like five threes per game. I know Darvin Ham mentioned six, but that uh, he wasn't being super serious about that. But if he falls somewhere between three and four three-point attempts per game and he can shoot at a decent clip, like dare I say 35%, if you get that out of Anthony Davis, that's going to go a long way towards opening things up, not just for him because it is going to open up things for him. Teams aren't going to sag off him as much on the perimeter. That's actually going to open up driving lanes for him because teams are going to close out on him, but it's also going to open things up for his teammates that much further, especially when Anthony Davis is being defended by the other team's best rim protector. Think about that. AD behind the three-point line, that means you're pulling guys away from the basket, right? Now, that's not saying I want AD to camp out behind the three-point line all the time on offense because, frankly, we don't want to pull Anthony Davis away from the basket either. That's where he is at his best, is at the rim as well. But every once in a while, 
you can get the benefit of that. And the threat of Anthony Davis shooting that three is going to bring defenders out. So I hope, I hope that this is not just a small four-game sample size thing and that this is actually a sign of things to come. But so far, so good with Anthony Davis's three-point shooting. Again, we've heard the jumper's been looking better in training camp, and so far that has definitely, definitely translated to these preseason games. Could be a really good sign and a really important development for the Lakers this season if they can get AD. Now I'm knocking in those threes once again. All right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Related to Anthony Davis's three-point shooting, another thing that I think has been just fantastic during preseason, it's been the Lakers' five-out offense. And this is not something that we saw a ton of last year, but it's made a big difference. It's made a big difference. You've got guys like Christian Wood, who is a three-point threat, has not shot the ball well from three for the Lakers. You want to call that the Lakers tax or whatever, Christian Wood shooting 22% from three. He shot 38% from deep last season with the Dallas Mavericks. That's in five games, averaging 1.8 three-point attempts per game, though. So we're still in small sample size territory, of course. But he's still a threat. Teams know he can make that shot from out there. And so that is opening things up. AD's ability to shoot the three and set up outside behind the three-point line. What that's doing is that's opening up driving lanes. It's spreading out the defense. It's allowing a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who, again, admits he's not the fastest guy in the world. Well, guess what? You give him a little bit more space to operate. Defenses have to take a couple extra steps to go protect the rim. It gives him more driving opportunities where he can use his angles a little bit more and have a little bit more time to get the ball up 
and onto that backboard. And we've seen him take advantage. LeBron James is going to be able to take advantage. Austin Reeves is going to be able to take advantage. This is going to create more opportunities in the paint. It sounds counterintuitive, but more guys are outside of the three-point line, and that's going to open things up for more scoring in the paint. But that's what it's going to do when the Lakers have credible three-point threats. And that's something I think that they do have. This goes hand-in-hand with the five-out five offense. Yeah, there's some guys that are shooting unsustainable percentages. Even Torian Prince, he's at 48% from three right now. But Prince, the threat of Christian Wood, Rui Hachimura is shooting 36% from three in preseason. AD shooting the ball well. Uh, look, D'Angelo Russell's at 56% from deep. Austin Reeves is shooting 63%. Again, those aren't sustainable. But the Lakers this season, they've got more three-point shooters than what we've seen in the past. They've got more guys that can competently hit. And again, I'm expecting percentages to drop a little bit, but the threat of the three-point shot is going to open things up for guys like Anthony Davis to do damage in the paint, and it's going to open up driving lanes for the other players. So the three-point shooting, the five-out offense, it's going to create for some really fun plays for the Lakers this season because their offense is going to have that much more space to operate because they are stretching teams out that much more. So again, can't wait to see LeBron, to see Austin, to see all these guys taking advantage of all the extra room in the paint when they do get defenses to be you know, switching like crazy and, and scrambling to try to go get out to the three-point line. That's going to open up a lot of scoring opportunities for LeBron getting to the rim, the rest of the team as well. So this five-out offense, I am digging it so far. Now, I have been asking for this last thing literally for years. I have been talking, I have been ranting and raving about how the modern NBA, it's all about the wings, right? Rob Palenka infamously a few years ago said it's a guards league. I contended it's a wings league, that it's really the wings that you have to have. You have to have these versatile wings to really get it down on both ends of the floor in the NBA. Yes, scoring guards are certainly important in today's NBA, especially to take advantage of the way the rules are set up. But I think having a complement of big, versatile, super switchy wings, thats I tend to think defense first. That's the way I look at the game. That's the best way to have a good, stingy defense that can do a little bit of everything. It's about having those guys that are between 6'6 to 6'11, somewhere in that range, that are super switchy, that can rotate anywhere, that can defend uh, two through four comfortably and can occasionally jump on a five or a one. That's what you really need. And the Lakers, the Lakers, they finally have them. And look, it's not easy. Not easy finding these guys because a lot of teams are acting after these big wings that can defend multiple positions, that can shoot from outside. And the Lakers, for years, they've struggled with having wing depth uh, alongside LeBron James. Now they finally got it. They finally got it. You look at this team. Torian Prince, I believe, has won the starting job. I think that's going to happen. And then you've got Jared Vanderbilt. You've got Rui Hachimura, Cam Reddish. I think and look, Cam Reddish, we even saw defending Damian Lillard against the Bucs, and he was solid there. Again, he hasn't been the he hasn't been better than Torian Prince. He hasn't been the best wing player, but I think he's shown some things defensively that could wind up being being useful. So the Lakers now have all these guys that can play on the wing. I mean, even Christian Wood can can spend minutes at the four. He's not super switchy, but he can spend minutes at the four. Jackson Hayes can be at the four and can be actually fairly versatile defensively, switching out of the perimeter. He's got quick feet. So 
they've got a lot of guys that provide size, that provide switchability, can shoot a little bit. This is the most wing depth we've seen from the Lakers in years. And it's noticeable. It's noticeable out on the floor. It's especially noticeable when we're putting together lineups, when we're seeing LeBron James, who has missed a bunch of preseason games, right? He's only played in two games so far. When we're seeing lineups without LeBron, and it's still working. And that's because of, in part, the depth they've got on the wing. This year, this team right now is better set up, and we'll see how things play out, but on paper, this team is set up better to win without LeBron than any Lakers team that we've seen since LeBron arrived here. That's the reality. This team is set up to support LeBron by having guys who can get the job done for him on the wings. I think that they are going to take a great burden off of LeBron James this season. I think you look at the creators they've got. You look at the wings that they've got. I think we're going to see fewer LeBron minutes than ever before. I think we're going to see more LeBron off ball than ever before. I think we're going to see, if all goes according to plan, a fresher LeBron James come postseason than we've seen in a long time. And hopefully that means we get a springier, spryer LeBron that is not playing on one foot like we saw last season. That's obviously part of the plan here. But again, we've been watching through preseason and we've seen more games without LeBron than games with him. And it hasn't looked that bad. Now, I'm not saying the Lakers don't need LeBron, but they've looked pretty good without him. And that's exciting because that just tells you how good they're going to look when he is. I mean, right now, look from what we've seen of him in preseason, he's probably going, what, 60%? Maybe? Maybe? So what does this look like when LeBron is in regular season mode? When LeBron does step down on the gas pedal a little bit, what does that look like? That's exciting. That's exciting that this Lakers team has shown so far that the wing depth that they've got has allowed them to put together competent rosters, competent rotations, even without LeBron in the mix or when he's in the mix, he's not really going all out. When LeBron is going all out, when he is in the mix on a regular basis, he's not going to have to do as much of the heavy lifting. And I think that is going to increase not only his longevity, but increase his effectiveness throughout the season for the Lakers. So I think this season, this is going to look very different than what we've seen. We're already talking about the five-out offense. We're talking about the three-point shooting. My God, when was the last time we talked about the Lakers having, having three-point shooters, having this kind of wing depth? I'm excited for the season because of all the stuff I'm talking about, but we are in store for a very different look from the Lakers, even though they're returning a bunch of players from last year and they've got that chemistry, they've got the consistency, all of that from last season, we're going to see the Lakers playing a very different brand of basketball on the offensive end of the floor this year. We're going to see the Lakers employing very different strategies. This isn't going to be LeBron-centric. This is going to be LeBron off-ball more. This is going to be LeBron cutting and attacking wink points and defenses. This is going to be defenses having to decide do I want to pay attention to the pick and roll Austin Reeves is running up top or D'Lo is running up top with Anthony Davis? Or can I take my or, or do I want to pay attention to LeBron over in the corner? I can't take my eye off him either. That's a nightmare for defenses to try to figure out, especially when you've got Torian Prince, who's shot 44% from three and up 
in three straight seasons from the corners, and he's the guy spotting up in the other corner. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so excited when it when I look at what this team is doing and the way this roster is set up and what we've seen so so far in preseason. There's a lot. There's a lot so far that says, look, you look at the, the two and three record in preseason. You look at what's really happen, happening. Yeah, th this team has some real potential here. Some real potential. Again, they got to put it together. We got to see it happen on the court. But there's a lot to like about the way this team is constructed and how they're going to play different while still maintaining that competitive advantage that bringing back so much of your team from last season creates. Lakers Nation, I'm curious. What did I leave out? What did I leave out? Let me know in the comment section if you're watching over on YouTube. What did I leave out from my list of the best things we've seen for preseason? Again, preseason is not over. Preseason is not over. They still have one more game Thursday. That's going to be the dress rehearsal for the regular season. Three quarters of a regular season rotation. Fourth quarter was going to be a lot of bench guys. But through the first three quarters against the Phoenix Suns, the Lakers are going to play their regular rotation. So I'm excited to see that. And then they start getting ready for the Denver Nuggets to kick off the NBA season on October 24th. But once again, everybody, give me your thoughts. What did I leave out? What else? What has been your favorite things from the Lakers this preseason? Let me know in the comments section, or if you're listening to the podcast version, let me know over on Apple Podcast in a review. Just leave me your answer in the review itself. If you like, if you like listening on Spotify, which is also a great way to do it, just give us a, a rating there. Would appreciate that as well. Thank you, everybody. Again, check out the membership program and YouTube offering a lot of perks there. Some ability to have some input into our content, extra shows, all kinds of stuff like that. So check that out as well. Use the link on the YouTube channel. You can find it in the description. Also next to all of our videos. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.